This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's amazing, though, as a mother, I feel like when I'm locked in those power struggle moments where I'm like, oh, my God, how are you capable of arguing like an attorney and you're only (laughs) a child? Um, (laughs) And I I can simultaneously be in like total (laughs) frustration. But there's this tiny little voice that's like, you're going to be okay, kid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Like, oh, my God, this is going to make an exceptional adult. Everybody, welcome back to Katie's Crib. My very, very good friend is on the podcast today. I love her. We are Shondaland family. You know her, you love her as Dr. Amelia Shepard on Grey's Anatomy. She is Katerina Scorsone. She and I talk about so much stuff. Raising three children in a pandemic. She's got three girls. Katerina was a doula. Did you know that? She, like, trained as a doula. Her daughter, Pippa, has Down syndrome, and we talk a lot about what that's like in her life, teachable moments and engaging in conversations about disability. We talk about equity versus equality. We talk about life on set. Guys, this is a great episode. We talk about a lot of different stuff. And if you don't know who Katerina Scorsone is, 
That's crazy. But if you don't, (laughs) here's a little bit more about her. Before she was Dr. Amelia Shepard on Grey's Anatomy, she was Dr. Amelia Shepard on Private Practice. She's also Dr. Amelia Shepard on Station 19. What, what? Shonda Land, so many shows, so many shows, so awesome. Off screen, Katerina's passion and purpose has been centered on her family. And like I mentioned, it includes her four-year-old daughter, Pippa, who was born with Down syndrome. And in recent years, she's been using her platform to promote greater understanding and awareness in an effort to and stigmas around Down syndrome and other disabilities. Katerina, thank you for coming on to Katie's Crib. I'm so happy to see you. So great to be seen. I am so happy to see you. I've missed you. Um, It was made very clear by Shonda Rhimes that Grey's Anatomy and Scandal did not exist in the same world. Um, Yeah. So I'm very grateful that in the name of motherhood, we are currently creating our own crossover moment. (laughs) We are. We are. But you were on, we met on private practice. Oh, yeah. I was on private practice. Oh, please. I was fine. You were great. But turns out it's a lesson never learned. I played a mother. It was my first ever working job in Shondaland. I played a mom who left her baby in the backseat of her car because she was too tired and the baby asphyxiated like fried and, and fried in the it sun. was terrible that i that i think of I all of the episodes that was the most horrifying of all horrifying. of the terrible and I think things the writer of that episode i think someone told me like that actually happens to like 10 babies a year like it's that's a terrible thing they have apparently technology that you put in your car seat that can tell if like the weight has been lifted out of the car seat. And if it hasn't been, when you leave, like an alarm goes off or something, because it's a big enough issue that they were able to find like investors for that project because there's, there's demand. That's horrifying, but it goes to show you like how tired or in your, you know, routine you're in as a mom. And like when you're pushed to the limits and you just, you forget their baby in the car. Um, First and foremost, from that lovely topic, how are you doing? You are raising an eight-year-old, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. The majority of the pandemic, I only had one. How's the year been? Well, I don't know. It's been, it's been crazy. Um, but it's been kind of beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been kind of beautiful to have all of the like props of your existence just like totally stripped from you and you have to kind of like make it work. Were you homeschooling <laughs> the eight-year-old? Yes. Like yes. with math and reading and stuff? No, I mean, oh. let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> I was facilitating her <laughs> on Zoom. Also, my sister moved in with me. <laughs> <laughs> and That's so amazing. I had help and I want to be crystal clear about that. Yes, I have three children, but no one can do this on their own. And so for all of the people who are literally completely isolated, I mean, <sighs> yeah, there's nothing to even say about that there's because I have a village also and I don't even yeah. understand. I, I literally don't understand. Like I just had to bring on an additional babysitter. Yeah. Because I'm shooting at the same time that my husband's shooting and doing his pretzel business. And yeah. like, we couldn't handle it all. And it was totally insane. And, and with multiple children in Zoom school, you can't bilocate. You have to have like one kid on one computer and then another kid. I mean, with Pippa, she has a lot of therapies that she does. And so she's on another computer doing like uh, occupational therapy. And you you literally cannot do it all. Totally. There was no pretending anymore. 
that we could be these like self-sustaining, isolated these super moms. I've got it all going on. No one sees behind closed doors, but yeah. you know, like, yeah, no, it was a complete shit show. It, it was a shit show, but that gave us all permission to be messy and permission to go, Oh, I need community. I can't do this. And it's unreasonable for anyone to expect me to do this. This is not like a, you know, like a moral failing. This is not laziness. This is not like, Oh, I should have had better executive function and plan my time. This is like no effing way. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. You, oh said, my God. Welcome <laughs> to my, yes, you're fine. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You come from a big family. So was that something you knew you wanted? I did want three. And then there was a while where I thought maybe, maybe I could only handle two. Um, and then I kind of got to a place where I think, again, this kind of recurring theme that's coming up over and over again is community. I've seen in my life how family has been so important to me thriving through challenging circumstances and um, just having like that shared history with people and people who have kind of known you and seen you grow and evolve over many years. And especially now, I think our, our society is so kind of isolated and fractured pandemic or no pandemic. And so actually having like more community seemed appealing to me for myself, but also for the girls um, that they would have teammates in life. And even if they didn't get along, you know, they, they would still be kind of working out those muscles and figuring out how to compromise and how to be patient. That's a great way to think about it, actually, because I'm really close with my I have one sibling, I have one brother, and we're really, really close. And I've always just like, assumed that if I gave my son a, a sibling that they would mm -hmm. be really close. And right. I had to look at it and be like, well, that's not a guarantee. Mm -hmm. It's not a guarantee they're going to like each other. It's not a guarantee they're going to get along or right. that they will their whole lives. Right. But even if they don't, you're right. It still is learning lessons. They're working out whatever they're here to work out. Right. I mean, I mean, look at our workplace. We have to be act great actors and artists, but really, let's be honest, like a huge proportion of our skill as series television actors is about getting along with others. Absolutely. <laughs> that, you know and I mean? getting along with personalities on day to yeah. days and at 5 a.m. in a trailer versus 2 a.m. on a Friday night. And 15 hours in when you've been in the rain all day. And you've been up with your child all night and then you're like showing up to work and you're really fucking cranky. All of yeah. those things. A lot of it has to do with character. and yeah. Yes, character building. Mm -hmm. I read that you became a trained doula. Before yes. <laughs> having your own kids. Tell yeah. me about that. What drew you to do that? Um, a few things. I mean, one of them was that my sister, um, she had a baby um, when we were pretty young and she didn't have a partner at the time. And so I was her birth coach through that process. She's kind of always like marched to the beat of her own drum. And she was like, cool, I'm going to do a home birth. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like horrified, you know, but then I started reading material by Ina McGaskin and, and learning about it. And I was like, this is kind of great. So she had a home birth and I was her 
you know, accompaniment through that birth. And I saw no this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I decided to be a doula. And then I had my, I had three home births myself. <laughs> I didn't know you had yeah. three home births. I had three home births. So I, yeah. <laughs> and so really China. went from, I saw my sister who was this kind of, you know, wild young girl, transition. I mean, the whole labor itself was so beautiful. We had like meditative music on and this girl we knew who was like a Reiki master came over and like you put her hands on her and it like focused her. Was it long? Was it a long labor? No, I think it was like, I want to say it was seven hours, seven and a oh, half. Oh, good Lord. That's a joke. Great. It was Amazing. nothing. Wow. That's but a- that was the other thing. She was in the comfort of her own home. So she was very relaxed and comfortable and Um, And again, I'm going to do the disclaimer here. Home birth is not for everyone. I'm happy there are hospitals for people who need hospitals to have their babies and who feel safer in a hospital or more comfortable there. The point of home birth is to give women who are candidates for it. That's right. I've heard at length from home birth doulas that like Mm -hmm. you actually even have to like sort of qualify in a way that you're very low risk that you know the pregnancy itself is very low risk like there are actually all these things you sort of have to check off to even really entertain the idea of a home birth right and I think people don't realize that really the main job of the midwife is to monitor you throughout your whole pregnancy and make sure everything is typical. In most cases, everything is typical because our bodies evolved for millions of years to be very good at doing this thing, which is why we have an overpopulation problem. Right, right. (laughs) You know what I mean? We're good at it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But in some cases, people might have like a different kind of pelvis and the midwife is supposed to check that out. Right, before we get into any sort of shit show. Exactly. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. So with three pregnancies and mm-hmm. three home births, yeah. do you have a favorite? Are you even allowed to say that? Oh God, I, I don't think I could say that. My kids I know, right? I know. But do you? Because I do. <laughs> you do? You do. Well, <laughs> No, different. I should say they're different. My toddler's so hard right now. Like he's such yeah. a three-nager and every yeah. single thing is a fucking negotiation. So, yeah. you know, I'm just in it with him. Right? He just got in big trouble yesterday for hitting someone in the face with a stick. So we're not in right. like a great place Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> it's amazing though, as a mother, I feel like when I'm locked in those power struggle moments where I'm like, oh my God, how are you capable of arguing like an attorney and you're only a child? Um, (laughs) And I I can simultaneously be in like a total (laughs) frustration, but there's this tiny little voice that's like, you're going to be okay, kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like, oh my God, this is going to make an exceptional adult. But in terms of parenting, this is fucking hell. Tell me about the the labors and the pregnancies. How were they? Were they all different? Were they all, were there similarities? Okay. So, I mean, I, I can't complain. They were pretty good. They were yeah. pretty good. I had a really no, easy it's time. Important. It's important to say these things. We have a lot yeah. of women listening who are pregnant or who want to get pregnant or are thinking about a second or third or fourth child. And I think that we also highlight a ton of not so great experiences. <laughs> so yeah. it's also really important to say when, no, you know what? I had three pregnancies and they were fucking awesome. And they the were labors awesome. were awesome. Oh, well, and I do want to say that one of the things that I was so frustrated with um, Historically, even before, you know, Shondaland, which is this very like woman centric, woman led uh, situation before that, most TV writers were dudes. (laughs) Right. Right? And so the storytelling and again, it's not just storytelling on television. It's cultural storytelling was uh, the the kind of narrative through line that was designed to terrorize women (laughs) and make them fearful of themselves Mm -hmm. was that. Pregnancy and labor are this like pathology. Again, it was like doctors are in med school. They're learning about pathologies. And so if you put labor and birth into that category, you think it's an illness. It's not an illness. It's a beautiful, miraculous human function that, again, we evolved to do and are very powerful and good at. Mm-hmm. And so they pathologize it. And, and the narrative is that it's this emergency it's terrible. We have to be rescued from it. There's someone in the grocery store. They drop a jar of pickles. It shatters. They start screaming. The water breaks. They're rushed to the hospital as though they've been in a car accident. It's just so traumatic. It's, it's like, so traumatic. Yeah, yeah. And then they're rescued by these like male doctors in white. Sure, and thank sure. God those men were there because I don't know how I would have had a baby with just Without, women in my well, vagina. <laughs> but you could. But you could because yep. that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just having this conversation with my friend who's due like any day and she was like freaking out because her doula has like six people due at the same time and she's not going to like, can right. will she be there? Will she not? Will she be there? Will she not? And I right. said, I got news for you. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. 
I said, I know you might want and picture this thing a certain way with certain people in the room, but the good news is you're enough. Like you're going to get your own self through this and your baby's going to be here safely. And we've been doing this since like the beginning of time. There's, there's really no option. You kind yeah, of get to no like option, transition. The coming, the fucking baby's coming. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, and I think we all have that moment at transition where we're like, I, I've changed my mind. I don't think I would like to do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, your labors. Um, I can't believe you had, is it non-medicated or unmedicated? Un, yeah, no, no medication. Good. But listen Lord. though, this is kind of cool. Tell I mean, me. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> well. One of the things that happened by studying midwifery and studying doula stuff was I started learning about the human body and the human mind and the connection, right? And so so I was meditating throughout my pregnancy. And a lot of it was centered on, again, deprogramming this idea that the discomfort from labor is bad, bad, that this is a pathology and you're getting injured. That's not what's happening. You're in discomfort. That's true. I'm not going to take away from that, but it's not that discomfort is not a sign that like, oh, my femur is broken. Like it's progressing, right? My doula would always say to me, like one more contraction is like, it's not a bad thing. It's one step closer to meeting your baby. You know what I mean? Even the languaging around it. I mean, Ina McGaskin, who talks a lot about it, it doesn't want to call it contractions because she's like, the word contraction makes you tense up. She calls them rushes. Beautiful. Right? Imagery is like this wave kind of coming over you and like, you know, opening your cervix so your baby can come out. Dude, if I have another baby, which I am not, I would very much like to hire you as a doula. Right. I mean, I love my doula. She's been on this podcast <laughs> twice and I'm obsessed with her, but maybe Amazing. you could both do it. We could both do it. What made you retire your doula straps? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> right. about. You guys are exhausted. Was it when you were like, and now I'm working an acting job 8 million hours a day? Yeah, yeah. kind of. I went down to the farm to study with Ina May Gaskin. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You went to the farm? I did. You guys, for everyone listening, Ina May Gaskin wrote a book. It's called... I have it. What is it called again? Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. When you open the book, it's is it from the 70s, the book? 70s bush. Yeah. Spiritual midwifery was her first, like the first version of it. And in that, she's like, and then you get the rushes and it's super groovy, man. Yeah. And you're <laughs> seeing pictures of babies coming out of vaginas and there's just a lot of bush. And you're like, yeah. this is so retro. There's, there's boobs everywhere. And- boobs and like flower <laughs> children. Men all have these like long beards, yeah. And she had a farm where she would train midwives and people could go there and do like fully this amazing home birth style. I don't know what right. her style. Yeah. Know. The farm was actually the longest functioning commune in like American history. It started in the 70s. Her husband and partner was like a professor from Berkeley and the whole caravan of school buses. I don't know if you remember this. Happy heaven. Sounds fucking amazing. (laughs) And so it was this whole thing of like trying to like unplug and and take back, you know, their own autonomy and, and have women having their own babies because at the time, and I just talked about this recently, but at the time women were taken into hospitals and men weren't allowed to go with them. So they'd be all alone. They were put into like twilight 
And oh like yeah, my, my yeah, my husband's m- grandmother literally said I was put out under amnesia with yeah. both of my kids, and then woke up like and met them. Which, like, by the what? way, let let's define trauma. <laughs> like, like how can you possibly process what just happened to you when you were unconscious? You don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds absolutely horrifying. Horrifying. Um, to me, it reminds me of like the um, Clockwork Orange. Like what's happening? Like, guys, so this is... <laughs> so you actually went to the farm and trained there? Yeah. And that was super great. <laughs> I didn't know like how deep it was. And I'm, I'm so here for it. It was pretty great. I mean, because I started acting like pretty young, but I wasn't necessarily married to it as like the whole thing I was going to do in my life at that time. I was doing it primarily to pay tuition for school. (laughs) And then it kind of became this passion and this thing that I always loved and that got me into flow. But for me, acting is where I very easily and quickly find flow. I'm so grateful for this path because it's so electric and it's so connected and you get to experience lives and connect with other actors and other lives and souls. And it it can be so beautiful and powerful. But the thing is flow. The thing is not acting or entertainment industry, right? I totally agree. Yeah. So you can find flow wherever you are. Yeah. Right. And I think midwifery and childbirth, birth, God, you can find flow there. Right? Yeah. And you're, you're giving me this vibe of like, okay, so you've always really been into birth, labor, pregnancy, autonomy, like family, women, your sisters, like surrounded by all this. Did you experience any sort of postpartum where you were like, oh shit, this is not what I thought it was going to be or any sadness or blues or depression or like wake up calls, anything like that? Like with, with, with having my kids? Yeah. Um, okay, God, they were all so different and at such different times in my life. I did not have significant depression. And some of that is probably, you know, just roll of the dice luck and uh, and whatever my genetic mm-hmm, predisposition absolutely. is. And some of it, let's be honest, I was back on set within weeks, every single time. I was on private practice when I had Eliza. I think I was back to work six weeks. And then with Pippa, I was back to work four weeks later. No way. Yeah. And Pippa, maybe it was a little longer because it was over the Christmas break with Pippa. It wasn't the regular hiatus. And, And so with Pippa, it was not only like birth, but it was like adjusting to having a child with significant special needs. Speaking about Pippa, her real name is Paloma. Yes. How did you choose that beautiful name? Well, let's see. The family part of it. I mean, Eliza Giles, that's very English. <laughs> so English. I love it. So English. Um, and that and both of us have English uh in our in our backgrounds. Um, but I also am half Italian and my father was raised in Argentina. And um, and so that's also there. And uh Paloma means dove. And yeah. <laughs> and so the idea of this kind of like Holy Spirit, peaceful little dove <laughs> really appealed to us. Oh my gosh. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. How did you communicate to Eliza and Lucinda that Pippa had Down syndrome? So when Pippa was born, Eliza was how old? Eliza was four and a half. 
Oh. So she was pretty young. Mostly we just were excited about her having a sister. And then we did say that she would stay a baby for a little longer. It's kind of the way we articulated it. And, and by the way, that's true. I mean, Pippa is hitting all of her milestones. She's just hitting them later than other kids. Right. But she jumps on the trampoline and she has her favorite songs and she sings like Leonard Cohen and right. like dances and <laughs> right, 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 goes right. on the tricycle. And like she does all of the things that a typical kid does. She just did them a little bit later. I want to say I have not arrived at knowing how to engage with the conversation about disability yet and about the specifics of my family and the topic in general. I am in a learning process and I will continue to be in that learning process for the rest of my life. Um, and sometimes I will make mistakes and I will try to learn about them and be accountable and do better next time, but I will never have arrived. <laughs> and I think even the way I explained it to Eliza when she was little was really from a place of my own fear about the difference in what I expected her relationship with her sister to be and what I now thought it would be. I still had this idea that like, oh, this is, I have to explain to her the, the difference between Pippa and, and other siblings. With Lucinda. With Lucinda. She's just experiencing Pippa. You know, they like steal each other's toys and push each other and give each other food and hugs and kisses. And there's no like, let me tell you about her genetics. It's like, who cares? This is Pippa. And they have their relationship and it's specific. And so I think maybe I would have been less uh, precious and like serious about explaining it to Eliza. And I would have let her discover her more like a, a, a teachable moment conversation. Yeah, she wouldn't have known what a typical sibling would have been like no, either. So no. why did I feel the need to make a distinction there? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but like you said, and you prefaced so well, it's like we're learning, you know, mm. you're learning and now you get another shot. Which brings me to this essay. You pen this powerful essay in honor of Down Syndrome Awareness Month where you talk a lot that equity is more of a useful word than equality. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that distinction and why you thought, why it's important to make that distinction? Yeah, and then we can decide how deep we're going to go with this. I think one way I like to think of it is equal is what we are inherently in terms of our value and our dignity. We are all equal. Equity is how we get there, right? Because equal does not mean identical. And that, I think, is the big kind of linguistic gaslight that we've been dealing with as a culture. We've been told that equal is is identical. And that's not the case, both in terms of our disability, in terms of our abilities and disabilities, but also the larger conversation in terms of the resources that we started out with. Right. Right. What hand you were dealt with when you were born, like what you came into the world. Yeah. And what kind of economic situation you were born into and what resources you had access to. To get you to equal, some people need a dollar, some people need 10. Yeah. Right. As a culture and as a society, we kind of need to look at our values and decide what this whole equality conversation is about. Are we looking for creating a society where everyone's inherent dignity is supported? Or are we looking for, and this is another gaslight, a society where people have the quote, freedom 
to get Ugh. equity if they can, <laughs> right? And the freedom, essentially, it's not about dignity anymore. It becomes you have the freedom to acquire and amass wealth. And through that acquired and amassed wealth, maybe you can create some dignity for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Oof. It's a pretty deep question about how do we want to structure the whole concept of our culture? What does each child need to unfold into the person that they are and have the potential to become and have the most joy and the most fulfillment and the most connection and the most flow in life? Oh my God, your three daughters are so lucky that you're there. <laughs> what organizations do you go to for support to learn more about Down syndrome? Yeah. Um, the first one that everybody told me about when Pippa was born was Club 21. And it's um, kind of a hangout center for families. Uh, people with Down syndrome have a different learning profile. So there's like reading and writing classes that are specifically um, designed for a visual learning profile. So like Pippa is four and she can already read. Eliza couldn't read at four. But Pippa has a different learning profile, so she's visual. And so she can't read like a whole book, but she can read simple words. She knows all her letters, both in sign language and visually. And she loves playing with the alphabet. And and so anyway, they teach classes there. And they also just have like a hangout room for the one to three kids where they just That's play. Great. And there's lots of families that are like, what's going on with you? And what doctor have you talked to? And what kind of food do you give your kid um, if they have delayed tooth eruption? It's community. And then uh, Global Down Syndrome Foundation, the C-Center does, uh, they uh, fundraise and then they use the money to do research on medical things and learning profile things and, and life supporting things that support people with Down syndrome because the numbers are so small now, pharmaceutical companies uh, don't really fund the research because it doesn't have enough profit for them. Oh, and so, God. Anyway, in terms of funding, the Global uh, Down Syndrome Foundation funds research and they've done incredible things recently to find out that essentially Down syndrome operates like an autoimmune disorder. And so some of the cognitive delay that's associated with Down syndrome is actually a combination of hypothyroid, which can be medicated. And so when you give thyroid medication, the cognition improves and a lot of things improve. Interesting. Wow. And then also this autoimmune situation that's going on in the viral branch of the immune system that um, when the immune system is flaring, it can start to destroy neurons. Holy shit. On the side hustle. Right. Can you just do like a mommy and me for us? Or like... I'm working on it. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge 
indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. So Dr. Amelia Shepard was pregnant on private practice and Grey's Anatomy. Two out of your three pregnancies were written into your character's storyline. Is that correct? Two were written in, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Mine was too. How did you find that out? Did you find that out at a table read or did Shonda tell you beforehand? They talked to me beforehand about it. I did not know what would be happening with my Mary. <laughs> yeah. That was like pretty heinous. <laughs> Wait, did you simulate breastfeeding too? I simulated labor. Oh, no, labor. The baby didn't have a brain. Oh, yeah, the baby so, didn't have a brain. Right. The baby, yeah, had anencephaly. And so I never got to breastfeed that baby. But... It was a pretty hard day. And it was also, again, like behind the scenes, Shondaland's super supportive and it's awesome for babies. But in front of the scenes, usually something terrible and like violent. Well, we're on a drama. We're on dramas. We're on yeah, dramas. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I birthed Quinn's baby chained to a mattress in a basement while I'd been kidnapped in a wedding dress. They cool, put me cool. under anesthesia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You were like a woman giving birth in the 70s. Yeah, exactly. And I remember <laughs> Carrie Washington in between like every take, she was pregnant with both of her babies on oh Scandal, God. but she'd, or Olivia Pope wasn't pregnant, but we would keep running over to her belly and be like, this is just pretend. It's just pretend. Don't uh, freak out in there. We're okay. Like everything's safe. Mommy's joking around. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, crazy. and that was it. I, that was the bit, my biggest concern was I was like, wow, reading all the books that are like, whatever feelings you oh, feel, God. your baby also feels. Right. And I was like, this is a horror show. <laughs> I asked my therapist that because I had perinatal depression and anxiety this pregnancy and I was not Mm -hmm. great. You were also in a pandemic. (laughs) I was struggling really badly and my daughter is like the chillest baby and very smiley. And I asked my therapist and I was like, am I fucking up my kid that I'm really struggling with this pregnancy? And she was like, I think that's like in war-torn countries. Like if bombs were going off, 
and you were like really, really scared for your life, but I think you're okay. But I really wonder if you're an actor who's yeah. scared and putting yourself through that trauma. Like, I don't even know. I don't want to know. I, we probably don't want to know. Where I come from myself is I'm like, well, maybe they will be prepared if there is a war. <laughs> Their nervous system is totally tuned to handle that shit. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Let's see. We've talked about that you have a village. Bestow your knowledge on me. You're further ahead on this journey than I am. What do you do to unwind or recharge? I mean, oh gosh, it changes meditation and prayer if that is the way you do it. For me at this point, it's honestly whenever I can feel dysregulation happening in my nervous system. So at 2.30 in the morning, when my 16-month-old and my four-and-a-half-year-old have both woken up and come into my bed and are fighting over which one of them I will put back to sleep first (laughs) and like clawing at my body, I'm meditating. And so I'm holding literally one in one arm and one in the other arm and I'm swaying back and forth and I'm meditating at that time because that is going to keep me calm and loving them and (laughs) sane. Um, Yoga is a big piece, although I have to go easy on myself right now. Having a full asana practice, like a physical practice is not always an option when you're an exhausted mom. And so, you know, if you get into like yogic philosophy, it's about, again, it's about being in flow (laughs) and you can get there without doing the actual physical practice. One of the things that I'm doing to stay sane is go up to Kevin McKidd's farm and I ride horses up on the farm. You know how to ride horses? No, I'm learning. It's amazing. I literally, I leave all my kids on Sunday afternoon and I drive to his farm and there is a wonderful woman there named Emma who works and lives on the farm and she has been teaching riding her entire life. And so she... Um, teaches me writing. That's that's a big tool for me. What do yeah. I have to look forward to when Albie hits Eliza's eight-year-old age? She's so funny now. She is. I mean, all that cleverness that he's like busting. Busting bulls. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> exactly. It, it is yeah, infuriating, but oh my gosh, when he starts weaving that into like jokes and like things that he knows are going to like just make you bust like he did. I mean, he's already doing that. It just gets better and more. And then also one of the things that's so beautiful about seeing her be hilarious is the delight that she's taking from it. Right. And that makes me feel delight. And so when you have the baby who like just figured out that sneezing is hilarious and they're like sneezing, that's ridiculous. (laughs) And they're going, "Ah, ah, choo. And they're delighted or with Pippa, you know, like whatever she loves to like spit on the trampoline right now and and then fall and what she's delighted in delights me. And so I think at any age, whether they're 12 or 16 or in college, like figuring out what they want to study. It's watching their delight. Watching their delight. Katerina, finish this sentence. In this moment, motherhood Mm. for me means... Radical curiosity. Oh, that's so good. When are you teaching this fucking mommy and me class? (laughs) 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 Because that's really what keeps you in positive. Like when my son hit someone in the face with a stick. It's like, it's like radical curiosity about like, 
It's amazing. Like he's never played tug of war with a stick before. And of course, right. like when he, someone he loses and someone else gets it. And it's like fascinating and curious to watch how he responds in that situation. Right. First of all, he's radically curious. He's like, what's going to happen if I hit that kid in the face oh, with this stick? 100. He's everything is for the like to see what the hell happens. Yeah. And what's going to happen to his face? What's going to happen with my parents? What does that mean for me and my relationship to the world? Mm -hmm. And then you get to kind of watch that whole scientific experiment unfold. Mm -hmm. And like the little like, wow, that didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that didn't go well. I'm leaving the party now and I'm not allowed to have the lollipop. Shoot. Thank you so much for being on Katie's Crib. I think you are the awesomest. I really can't <laughs> wait to sign up for your mommy and me class <laughs> or read your book. Or read my book. Whenever or it come comes out. Come on my out, podcast. Come, or come on, on podcast. your podcast. Anything you want. Thank you so much for being on Katie's Crib. And thank you guys all for your support, for listening. Share this episode. Like it. Tell your friends about it. And if you have ideas for guests or topics this season, please reach out. My email address is katiescrib at shondaland.com. Bye, everybody. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.